the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast, supporting artists and musicians from the great state of Texas. And now, here's your host, Julia. Hi, and welcome to the Texas Music Spotlight. We're here with none other than the singer for Grupo Vida and the Electric Cowboys, Mr. Jason Martinez. Jason, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for doing this. Brother, thank you so much for having me out here. I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Now, I'm looking at your bio here for the Electric Cowboys. You've got um, multiple awards, three Grammy nominations. Was that with Grupo Vida or, or was um, it? Was, it was with both, actually. You know, we really? were enough to, to get a, a nomination with uh, the Electric Cowboys and then uh, two more with Grupo Vida. So it was kind of cool to be able to do, you know, both ends of the spectrum where you kind of go to, you know, and that's where the whole thing with, like, you know, Latin Grammys and, and – right. and- Grammys goes, you know, you get a chance to kind of do both, and and it was just a big thing for us to be able to be involved in both both parts of it. Yeah, man, y'all doing done a lot of stuff here. You tour with the Dixie Chicks, and I know I know that personally because I remember when that happened. But you've also shared the stage with Willie Nelson, Ricky Skaggs, Joe Eli, Jody Jody Messina, Clay Walker, Toby Keith, Shadaisy, Shadaisy. Whatever happened to them? Wow, you know what? I don't know. I don't know, but Shadaisy, man, they were they were they were crazy. They were they were cool, man. But it was that was a crazy deal we did, and we did it like in the valley. Oh, really? Yeah, and it was it was funny because at that time we were kind of still working ourselves out, you know, as, right. as a group as well as a Tejano group. So it was it was so funny that that night they they opened they opened, and I can't say they opened for us, right? But right, right, right. First. And then, you know, we went up there and at the time we did a lot more Tejano music than the country music. Right. So, you know, we started doing the Tejano music and, and the people that were there were like, what is this? You know what I mean? So we kind of confused them a little bit afterwards. But um, I remember that that particular day, man, uh, Shadaisy came in and walked in and, and, and they were real cool. You know, just like most of these, I mean, you know, bro, most of these country artists, they're real cool. They're down to earth. Right. And they're humble. And uh, it, it was cool to see that that continues, you know, uh, as far as, you know, like fellow musicians and brothers and sisters in the music goes, because in, in an industry where it's just so easy to just kind of, you know, it, it's the industry is one of those where, um, I mean, you got to do, you know, the best that you can do, you know, to get to where it is that you want to go. Right. So see that these people that are there are still good to you while you're trying to get up there feels really good and it kind of uh, helps us want to continue doing what we're doing you know what i mean you know that's one of the things that, that i noticed when uh when we did some of the country stuff back in the day that all the artists were and the musicians were super cool i mean it was i was shocked because i you know obviously we come from an industry that is not always very cool you know right. <laughs> without getting too much detail you know we come from an industry where it, it's a lot of things that uh there's a lot of, uh, how can I say it? It's, it's not always very nice. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm glad you actually touched on that because that's something that I don't, um, I, I don't, um, I don't really mind talking about things like that because, you know, being in, in an industry like the country industry and then going back to the Tejano industry and doing some stuff other in that market, you know, it, it would, to me personally, me personally, me personally, it would be really, really cool if, as an industry, as a Tahano industry, we can kind of learn a little bit from um, from other industries that are bigger than the Tahano industry in hopes that we could get to that level at some point, you know? Right. Because, um, there's, there's a lot of things to learn. There's a lot of things that we can do to try to achieve that particular goal, you know? I mean, if it were right. up to me, Tahano music would be huge all over the place. Right. And 
it, it's, it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of a certain kind of an attitude to get there. And like you said, you know, I mean, you noticed it in the country market where everybody was just so cool, mm -hmm. so nice. And so, you know, so humble, you know, right. humble is the huge is the big word, you know, and then we come over here to the Tejano side and there's some artists and I don't mind. I mean, I don't know about people, <laughs> but I don't mind talking about this because I mean, I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. We come over here to this side and, and, and they can be a little bit difficult. And I'm thinking to myself, well, dude, um, you know, Toby Keith the other day was super nice and you're being a jerk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's one of the things. Um, it's like, man, why, why these guys are way bigger than you and you're, you're being an asshole. You know, it's just, it's, it is what it is, man. And I don't know that it'll ever be corrected now that, that there's, it's not as, Donald's not as big. I'm not going to say it's dying or anything, but it's just, it's right. not the way it was in the nineties. It's just totally different. Right. Um, will it ever be back like that? I don't know. You know, I know, I know things have to happen for it to, to get to that, the nineties, mid nineties, the way that industry was. Right. It's, it's going to take a whole lot. And then, right. and part of that is getting the kids into it. You know, exactly. if the kids aren't, if the kids aren't getting into it, it's not going to continue. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that's a big problem that we have right now is that, you know, so many kids are, are into so many other different things and, and it's hard uh, in the Tejano music industry. It's a little bit difficult because, you know, um, as a Tejano and, and, you know, bro, I'm the same way, but as a Tejano musician, uh, as a Tejano period, um, you know, we're not really too fond of, of change. And when the music starts changing to try to get the kids into it, you know, the people that used to like it or the people that are mm -hmm. like it don't really like the new stuff that's coming out. So it makes it difficult to gain all that audience, you know, you have, so we're trying to get the kids into it by doing this, but you know, at the same time, we're not pleasing, you know, the crowd that sort of has always liked the Halo music because of the whole change factor. And it makes it difficult. If everybody would just kind of give everybody the opportunity and, and, you know, to kind of, to be heard, then maybe we can grow as an industry. And uh, like I said, I, I, I mean, I don't know how comfortable, you know, you might be talking about this kind of stuff. I'm very comfortable because I, I'm comfortable. I'm out of the industry, so I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out of the whole thing, man. I can say whatever the hell I want. Oh, <laughs> nice, nice. Dude, Dude, I speaking, like this interview, bro. I like this. <laughs> you know, I don't care. And I don't care if, if what's his name doesn't like me or who does this and that no. doesn't like me. I don't care. I'm not in the market no more. I'm not looking to get hired. I'm not going to get blackballed because, I'm not in the market no more. You know, I don't, I don't, I did it for 30, uh, 20 some odd years. You know, I, I know what, what goes on. You know, what's go, what goes on. It's, it, it is what it is. People try to hide it. And it's, it's, it's a reality of that industry, you know? Right. And, and that's very, it's, it's very sad because instead of trying to hide it, we need to bring light to the situation and light to the problem because that's the only way that we might be able to help at least. I don't know if we can solve the problem anymore, bro. I think that maybe it, it's, it's, it's going to be very difficult to uh oh, let me see my thing here. There you go. It's going to be difficult for it to reach a certain point again, unless we ourselves make those changes. You know, we have right. to be very, very open to new music and to new artists. And, and the fact that there's no, you know, there, we used to have a whole bunch of, of radio stations that helped us out, you know, and right. them left and right. And it's makes it even harder, you know, and it's just, it's frustrating because, I love to hunt music. It, it's in my heart. I love it. I love right. it. The guys love it. We love playing it. You know, as the other day we were having a discussion on how we were having a discussion in the bus on how we can help do something. You know, what, what do we have to record and put on the air for, for people to, you know, to start getting into it again, you know, to come back to the industry, to try to help it grow. What can we do to help that? And we're trying to brainstorm as the things that we can probably do or, or maybe help with because, 
I don't want to see it keep going the way that it has been going. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's been declining. Um, I'm, I'm not going to say that's dead because it's not dead. No, there's, it's not. It'll never, it'll never be dead. No, no. There's people out there that love it, and and I do mm-hmm. too. You know, we all do. Uh, but it, but there is there has been a decline, and as an artist, we see that because we don't get hired as much with Vida as we do with the Electric Cowboys. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. We do now. I used to be aware of the Electric Cowboys where we were trying to get with the Electric Cowboys and we were gigging us Vida, you know, to make sure that we sustained our lives because this is all we do. This is all we do. So um, now it's different. Now the Electric Cowboys is is what's taking us everywhere. And Vida seems to be the ones that are just kind of filling in. And I, although I love both industries, it's, it's, it's sad for me to, to see that, we don't do as much of those Tex-Mex gigs, the Hano gigs, as we used to because we love singing the music. We love playing the music. I love it. I love it. And and I really hope that there comes a time when we can help bring it back up. Uh, until then, there's a lot of douchebags out there, bro. A lot, <laughs> oh, lot of, oh I know. I know who they are, there's too. A, there's <laughs> a lot of radio. Right? Douchebag. I mean, yeah. There's yeah. douchebags everywhere. Yeah. You know, yeah. we all, we all, and it's okay to talk like this. I don't, I don't as long as you're okay with it <laughs> everyone needs to get their heads out of their ass and they need they need they need to find a way to um to to come together as a unit as as a genre as an industry and help it by bringing it back up by not making stupid decisions by not i'm sorry my my life by not making dumb decisions by you know recording records by uh radio stations playing the records that these new artists are recording and giving everybody a chance. And number one, probably one of the most important fan support. We need oh, yeah. everybody to come out and support live music. You know, yeah. people don't buy records anymore. They mm. buy digital copies, right? You, know, you can't come and, and you don't sell as many CDs. So if you're not going to buy the CD, I would really appreciate it. If you would come to the show, pay a couple of dollars and see it, you know, and we'll do our best to make sure that we entertain you the best way we know how. Right, and the market's changing. The, in, the industry in, in the whole is changing because of digital format and all this other stuff going on that people just aren't buying CDs. And all the people that went to the shows back in the day are are all older and right. have families and kids, and they don't want to go out, you know? So you have to appeal to the younger market and still appeal to the older market. And it's really difficult. To, it's a difficult task to kind of balance those two things out, and it's it's not going to be easy. Um, the, the problem that I see from the outside, that now I'm on the outside, even right. back then, it's the same thing. You have the same guys running the same same music. You have the same guys recording the same style of music. The same guys getting new awards every year. Same exact people, and that's been like that since the '90s. If right. you're not if you're not in that circle, you're not going to win and get recognized. There's right. a small group. Of, there's a small group of people that that kind of run the, the the industry, and you know them, and that's all you know. The problem is when they're gone, what are you going to leave behind? Exactly. And you you have to have those other artists come up, and that was one of the problems back in in the nineties when uh, we had all the major labels, uh, the Sony's, the BMI, and all these other these these big uh, record labels came in, and they started signing people left and right, and they right. started they flooded the market, and the problem with that was you didn't they didn't you didn't establish you didn't establish a artist. Like you already had your David Lee's, your Emilio's, your Rams. They were very established and worked their way up so that when these labels started signing these little ones, they didn't have time to build them as artists. And right. of course, who do you still see now? 
your David Lees, your Rams, your me, those same exact people that, that took the time to build that foundation. And right. it can be done, but these, these young artists want instant gratification where, why don't you play my song? Well, you know what? <laughs> T- work the ropes, get get out there and, and bust your ass and do the, do the shit that nobody wants to do and, and get paid right. 20 bucks, 10 bucks, or, or a freaking free, free meal and get paid for it because that's paying your dues, you know? Exactly. And you work up and build, build up your fan base, and, and they don't want that anymore. So until that happens, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to stay the way it is. Right, and that's a big thing is, you know, with like new artists, I am so happy that there's a bunch of new artists that are coming out, but they don't seem to be going, like just like you were saying, they don't seem to be going about it the right way. You mm-hmm. have to work yourself into everything, and you have to sacrifice a lot. That's what we did. We, man, I have been in this band, I kid you not. And I'm probably not I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you, how long have you been in the band? I've been in the, I've been with Vida, the Electric Cowboys, it's going to be 20 years. Wow. A long time. I was extreme, <laughs> I was extremely young and very skinny when I joined this band. And now, <laughs> now both of them are opposite. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, and, and that's one thing is like, you know, um, the other day, and I, of course I'm not going to say who, right, but I heard an artist on the air and I was like, how did that get on the air? There's nothing catchy about this song. Oh, my goodness. You know what? What what happened? And I think to myself, you know, okay, new artists are trying to take just regular, plain old progressions, and what they need to do is come up with catchy intros, cool riffs, good and lyrics, a, and a great hook. Exactly, it's all in the hook. Then you go and you have it, uh, you have it recorded, um, and you have it professionally recorded, because radio needs to play a professional product. Mm-hmm. Then you need to go out there and bust your ass and play for you know, peanuts. Right. You know, and that's how you build yourself. When we started doing the, and you know what? It even works like that in the other industry world. When we started doing the electric cowboys, we were going to Midland, Texas for a couple of hundred dollars. That pays for our gas. The guys are going home with nothing, but the, the, the hope that we were going to a little bit more. Then as more, the more times we went back to such and such clubs, then they'd add on a little bit more then a little bit more. And then all of a sudden now they're paying some good money, you know, for the electric cowboys when right. people know that when we started, you know, and even to this day, there's places that we have to go where it is percentage, you know, it, it is by the door. Right. It, it is, it is, you know, a, a low dollar because we need to build, you know, and then there's places that we've already built and yeah, they pay great. That's fine. That's great. But even to this day, all of us at some point, you know, we all have to go through this thing where, we basically build ourselves and new artists in the Tejano side have to do that as well. Now I know that there's not a lot of clubs, right? I know there's not a lot of venues and that's where the venues and the clubs that are around have to find a way to bring a lot of these artists in. You know what? If you're going to get David Lee, which is an awesome established artist, right? How we bring along these other cats here to open. Yeah. To get them, you know, to, to let them be seen. And these new bands have to understand that it's going to be, you know, that there's rules to follow. Right. This you're going to get paid. This is the time you're going to start. This is the time you're going to end. We need it. If we want to be a big boy industry again, we have to treat it like the way the big boys do. When we did Dixie Chicks, the guy, the, the, the stage manager said, all right, boys, you get on at seven, you get off at 740. Not a minute later. Right. Not a minute before. I don't care if you're in the middle of a song, you find a way oh, to yeah. get it at 740. You know what? You, you bring that up, and we we did the, we did the Alan Jackson tour, and the same thing. We had thirty minutes. That was it. He goes, "You go on at seven. You're off at seven thirty. I will mm-hmm. kill you. 
you need to get off or you're off this tour. We exactly. had it down to a clockwork. It was like, we're, we're off at that moment. It didn't matter if I had all my gear with me, it was coming off with, with or without me, you know, and that, that's yep. the same thing, man. And that's now you got these bands that, you know, always it's, and I want to bring up buddy, buddy's in the room, Buddy said, yeah, pay your dues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, buddy's in the room. Yeah. Buddy's here. He's watching. Buddy's cool. <laughs> Uh, so, so actually going over to buddy and, and we'll, we'll come back to this uh you got to jam with him in in nashville at the bluebird buddy and i let me tell you buddy and i have been uh uh, uh hanging out a little more often um and that's another thing that I, I before anything i have to say this i have to say this is a lot of these san antonio artists you know we're we're, we're trying to, to work our scene around here around town that's another thing is we need to make sure that we band together as artists and, and, you know, help each other out and help each other. Rise. The only way we rise together is if we work together. And I've been doing some stuff with buddy, like buddy. Um, I, I would never do acoustic stuff around here, right. but he helped me get into the acoustic scene here. And he takes me sometimes to do shows with him. And that's a good example of one artist helping another artist out, you know, um, you know, he said, look, Jason, um, why don't you do this, man? And, and I said, yeah, let me, I'd love to do it with you. And I enjoy doing shows with Buddy because we get to sit down. We sing, man. I kid you not, bro. We will sit there, and we will sing, you know, Silver Wings. Right, and, right, right. <laughs> and the people go nuts, you know, and, and it's really, really cool like that. And I'm, I'm very happy to see that you have artists that are willing, you know, to basically um, help bring other artists up. I, I talked to uh, uh, Chris Alcedo last night, and he was right. telling me, do the same thing and and now everyone's trying to band together and that's good because that prevents this industry here in town from going to where the Tejano industry is right now in town you know what I mean right I think it's, it's a little different market when you get into a singer songwriter and local uh, they're a little more friendlier I'll say that much yes <laughs> and we had we had buddy on the show he's one of the first ones I had on and I tried to get Chris on and he had trouble get actually I don't, I don't think he had a webcam but we tried to get Chris and, I, and buddy was on we even had Laura Marie was on uh, the first, the first one, but yeah, I mean, Buddy's a great guy. I've known Buddy for years, back since when when I meet Buddy when I was with uh, when Bobby Bobby Bolito when I was playing. Oh wow, well, yeah. So, so Buddy's a great guy. Oh yeah. shucks, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what he says? Yeah, he said, "Oh shucks." <laughs> Am I supposed to be able to see that? I can't see that. There's a chat. I think on the bottom of your screen, you might be able to oh. see the chat, or if you click the little cloud on the left. I think you can see the chat room. Um, but anyway, he's um. Now, I, I wanted to ask you, now, without going into detail, I know you were not the original singer of Grupo Vida. No. But that's not what I want to ask you about. I want to ask you, how was it transitioning from sideman to frontman? <laughs> Man, it was... Um, the whole thing... Uh, I'll tell you one thing, it was fast. Um, we didn't really have too much of a warning as to what was going on. But it happened from literally one minute to the next, the day, and and I mean, and it's okay we talk about this because I really I don't have anything bad to say about anybody. But right. you know, there comes a time when sometimes you know in bands, uh, you know, two people or or, or a person and, and the rest of the group want different things for themselves and for the band. So mm -hmm. naturally, sometimes you know you split or this person leaves or whatever. Yeah. Well, we started out with Eddie Gonzalez on vocals right. a long time, right? And I came in right at, I came in actually during that split. And uh, when Sonny was here, you know, Manny was here and all these other cats were here. And, and, and so at that time I was, you know, playing guitar uh, and I started getting into the whole recording and writing and stuff. So I started doing a lot for the band. So I started producing records, producing albums, and I started singing harmonies and all this stuff. So 
the being the side guy, I was on the side playing guitar. I was singing harmonies and I was producing and right. stuff like that. And then um, we got uh, Mike Molini in playing keyboards and, you know, he started doing stuff like that with me too, producing and arranging. So that's what we were doing. And, and the reason why that's, that's uh, uh, important in this story is because it helps to see that transition, how it wasn't as, as difficult as it could have been because the day that, that um, we had art for a long time and he's a great singer, great entertainer. Um, and the day that he decided not to be with his band anymore, we went on stage 15 minutes later and we did the show anyway. And because I was familiar with, you know, the arrangements and, and the words and stuff like that, it was a little bit easier for me to jump from, you know, a few steps over to the center to sing um, than it would have been had I not done any of that before. Right. I would have been like, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? But when my manager, John, came in and he said, you know, well, this and this is going on. And, and he said, I think you guys should go on anyway. And at that point, you know, I was like, you know what, let's do it. So the rest of the guys were in and we went up there and we did a show 15 minutes. Our front guy literally uh, quit 15 minutes before a show. We went on and we did the show. And we had, had, you, ever, had you ever fronted a band? Never, never. I, I was, I was with a band called Los Jovenes a long time ago when I was real young and I wasn't the front guy, but I, you know, I was up there doing stuff, you know, with these guys. Right. Yeah. It was, I mean, but, you know, when you're, when you're doing the local scene, it's a lot different from being in front of, you know, at that time it was, it was at the Freedom Coliseum. So that must've been, there was a couple of thousand people there and that was a totally different monster. So, you know, moving from one side to another, I think the adrenaline and I think the feelings that were going on at the particular time are what fueled us and fueled me to be able to do what I had to do that day. The next week we had three gigs and two of them were country gigs. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I got to learn everything. And then a lot of the stuff that we were doing, the keys were a lot lower, you know, because his range was lower. So everything that anything that I'd write or arrange or anything Mike Molini would write or arrange with me or, or the rest of the guys was all, you know, um, geared towards and it was all tailored towards, um, you know, arts vocal style, which was a little bit lower. He sings lower than I do. I, I sing like a girl, man. I sing I sing rather high. So um, it was difficult to sing some of the songs, you know, some of the Spanish songs. Yo vivido una vida muy difícil. They were too low, you know. Uh, the more I started singing, the more my range opened up a little bit lower and a little bit higher. So it was a little bit better. But at the beginning, it was really, really rough to do that. And the band itself went through a patch where naturally, I mean, and, and I can't blame anybody, right? Your front guy's gone yeah. and everyone's going what are you going to do? Is the band breaking up? What's going on? And then they, you know, we started getting promoters canceling the band. Wow. They had no, they had no idea what we sounded like. They didn't know. They didn't know whether I, dude, I could have, I could have sung like Steve Perry and, and they still would have canceled, you know? Um, you know, but they just assumed that it wasn't going to be the same. They assumed that I was going to be terrible and they assumed that the band was going to fall apart. So promoters started canceling and we even had calls for gigs that were being canceled. I remember, bro, I got to tell you this, this, uh, this uh, young lady called me uh, from the, um, from uh, the Uvalde Crystal City area, like that area. And she said, she called me crying. Well, she called my manager. He gave me the phone crying. And she said, um, uh, Oh, what are you going to do? And this is, I have a wedding with y'all. I said, ma'am, don't worry. I said, everything is going to be just fine. It's going to be good. Don't worry about it. And she said, uh, well, sing to me on the phone. I need to see how you sing. Dude, I had to sing to her a song on the phone. 
uh, I, I'm over el bote. I don't know, whatever, man. I, that wasn't the one I sang, but it was, I sang something, right? And she was like, okay, okay. She called back later on that day to put me on speaker so that her husband could hear me. And she was like, can you sing again? Can you sing the Samuel I was like, she made me sing like three times, bro. She called the following day and said that she was canceling. She was going with Gary House. Really, dude? She had, she had you call, you called her. You had to sing to her three times. I had to sing to her three times on the phone. And should have sent her a bill. Dude, I was like, really? And the following day, <laughs> she ended up canceling us and going with Gary, who's very talented, yeah. by the way. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so I had things like that happen to us and to me personally, where, I mean, I was, dude, we'd go somewhere and it was always the same thing. You know, people were like, well, it's not the same. It's not the same. And it's, and it's, <laughs> I just saw what Buddy wrote. Um, it, and it's not the same. It's not the same. You're, you're not gonna. You're not gonna get the same thing. You know. Right. Of course. Uh, and, and you know what? Honestly, and I didn't want the same thing, and neither did the guys. Yeah. What happened was we started looking for somebody to sing, and I'm going to get to your to your answer right now, buddy. But but we started looking for somebody. We tried out a couple of guys, and really, it was, it was rough. I didn't, I didn't realize they were looking. You actually actively look for somebody. Yeah, we were looking for trying to look for somebody else because it was going to be. I mean, we were we had each one of us have has duties in the band. And there was just so much, right. and I didn't I didn't know if I wanted to to do that because I had so many other jobs that I was doing. Everybody has duties, even to this day in the bus. Everybody has duties. You don't want to ride with us in the bus; it's horrible. Oh, I've heard stories. <laughs> one of these days, we're going to get to those stories. I'm going to tell y'all. It's embarrassing. So, so getting to Buddy's question, how how long before the fans accepted you as frontman? It took almost a year, almost a wow. year. Yeah, we would go such and such place in Houston, and everybody was like, "No, we'd go again." And luckily, you know, there's there's a, a couple of promoters that not only stood by us, but they continued to get us, even though we weren't bringing in the revenue that we were before, because they thought or they believed that, yeah, you know what, we probably will end up hopefully getting back to that point so they believed in us and and uh mikey mikey houston is one of those guys man that kept bringing us back dude he would lose oh my gosh poor guy but he would bring us back because you know he he felt like we were going to be able to do this so um after no not a, not a year i well, i would say about a year for everybody to go you know what i like this right. but uh, for the first couple of months you know people were like no man this ain't gonna work and um we released a single called volverme a ver kind of like a rock and cumbia. It's a little more up our alley, a little more, a little more our style. And which, which is cool because now we get a chance to do, um, or to, we get a chance to write and arrange and produce and record tailored to, I'm not even going to say me. I'm going to say to us because all of us are in the same range musically. We all like the same music. Right. We all, we all think alike when it comes to arrangements. We all, you know, we're very much alike in our brains when it comes to the music. So it's easy, easier for us to sit down and go, Hey, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Yeah. I like that, man. Because chances are, it's something that we would have in our brains, you know? And, uh, my range is a little bit higher. So I get the chance to try to wail and sing, you know, and right. this guy's has to really play. And it's, it's very different, but, um, now it's, it's, you know, people have accepted it and, and they like it. And, uh, as you can see, you know, we ended up getting a deal in Nashville with mid South we ended up recording an album, releasing a single. The single for the Electric Cowboys reached number one a couple of weeks back uh, for in uh, at the country wow. last. Yeah, it was reached number one. 
It was, thank you. It was the Modern Country Song of the Year for 2015. It was number one. Um, as a matter of fact, we just started getting played on KJ here in San Antonio, which for us is huge because, you know, it's really yeah, we, hard. We grew up with it, too. Exactly. So we're very happy that we're finally getting played on KJ. And uh, so there's all these things that are happening, not so much because I'm doing this for the band, but because the chemistry is so different and we're able to do stuff that we can uh, uh, relate to together. You're listening to the Texas Music Spotlight podcast at texasmusicspotlight.com. Texas Two-Step is two questions that have nothing to do with music written by Jules, the human, and my son there. Number one. And they're right here. He writes them on cards and everything. See? Nice. nice. <laughs> if you won the lottery tomorrow, what odd pet would you buy for yourself? No cats or dogs. Giraffes, or, giraffes are okay. What odd pet? <laughs> uh, giraffes are okay. Uh, I, if Okay. If I won the lottery and I could buy any animal for a pet, that it can't be a cat or a dog, uh, I, <laughs> giraffes are okay. Um, I would pro on this is probably the biggest mistake I could ever make, but I'd probably buy myself a lion. <laughs> Which, like I said, is probably the biggest mistake I could ever make, bro. <laughs> How are you gonna lion. pet that thing? <laughs> Very carefully. Carefully. <laughs> Number two, where can we find the best tacos in San Antonio? Oh, the taco debate. I'm gonna tell you where you can find the best tacos. Tell me, I'm always looking. You can find them to me. To me, you can find the best tacos at Rita's. At Rita's on, uh, what is it, uh, Bandera? It's called Rita's. Just, it's, it's, yeah. It's awesome. And that's my, they're big tacos, which is probably another yeah. big mistake that I'm making. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we, we've, they go, they we've go well there. with a Diet Coke. And a <laughs> Diet Coke. No, but like the tacos, man, from Rita's are just amazing. I used to be a big fan of like Lupitas on Culebra too. Yeah. Uh, and of course, I'm a Southsider, so I love like Don Pedro's. You know, I love the stuff they do there. But for me, my favorite tacos have to be Rita's, definitely, hands down. I agree. I have. I think I've had their tacos. They're really good. You've been there. Yeah, I've been there. I live, I live close to there. Awesome, man. What are you gonna do for us? Um. How about I do the new single that's out right now? Is that okay? Go for it. Cool. The new single is called A Little While. This is a song that reached number one. This is a song that's on KJ. So you guys be sure to call and request it, man. They're playing it. And I appreciate all the support that anyone out there has ever given with the song right here. It goes like this. Check it out. Maybe I don't even like it. Maybe I'm just not the kind to only have one one on my mind. Maybe I'm just a drifter. Maybe I'll be alone, good. To hell with the world, I just go on my own. Though the things that I will say about my own dear life, the thing that I deserve is brand new life of mine. But now I'm Nothing man that makes you happy. Ain't nothing man that makes you smile. I'm the one that takes it away for a little while. For a little while. Oh, 
hard to hold But you found a way to save this broken soul Cause Lord knows I've had my moments Lord knows you've had your doubts But you never once looked for a way out And just to find me through the years And tried your best through time I didn't think that I deserved This brand new life of mine But now I Jason Martinez, the Electric Cowboys, with Little While, the Electric Cowboys, the Grupo Vida, singer, songwriter, guitar player, among other things, producer, right? Everything else. Oh yeah, just just a whole lot of a whole lot of stuff that I do, and and it's, um, I love it. I love doing all those different kinds of things. You know, it just kind of it 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 um it gives you the opportunity to just kind of learn a whole lot in different areas. Right. Of, of right. Jason, what do you what do you got coming up this year? Anything big? Uh, this year. I'll tell you right now, we have, uh, we're actually working on a brand new, um, uh, we're going to release the whole album that has a little while here in another couple of months. Uh, I think we might be going to the uh, Country Blast Music Awards up in Nashville again this year. Um, we got stuff up in Nashville, New York, awesome. New Jersey, Florida, Los Angeles, Chicago. That's all electric wow. cowboy stuff. And then, you know, here regional in Texas, you know, we got Vida stuff too going on. So um, just go to the electriccowboys.com and you can see where we're playing. And if we're in your town, you guys, please come out. You can also, I mean, Facebook, look us up on Facebook. But the electriccowboys.com will actually take you everywhere. If you go to the site, it has a button for Facebook, and it has a button for Twitter, and it has a button for, and you can actually see the video. We did a, a video in a little while. We'll definitely post all the links to the Electric Cowboys the video and check it out for Jason Martinez. Um, this is, I want to thank Jason for joining us today in the podcast. And he's going to stick around for a little bit, and we're going to chit-chat and say stuff that we can't see on the on the actual recording here. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Julian for the Texas Music Spotlight. Thank you. Jason, thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you.
you for listening to the Texas Music Spotlight Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast and visit our website, texasmusicspotlight.com, to find out how you can be a part of the live recordings. Until next time, please continue to support local artists and music in your hometown. Thank you.